Got time for a quick story. In Eau Claire, Wisconsin, my my hometown, sing in a choir that does a lot of traditional Christmas music, holiday music when we do our annual Christmas concert. So you're not going to get too much of the Santa Clauses coming to town, Frosty the Snowman kind of music. This is going to be more centuries-old sort of music, more traditional holiday music. That's the sort of stuff that I have performed in choirs going back to college, even back to high school. And for me, in a lot of ways, that's that's core holiday music, core Christmas music. The station I work at, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, we play a song, The First Noel, when we play our Christmas music in November and December of each year. It's the Carla Bonoff version, which has been around for a while. And it matches fairly closely with that choral music that I often will end up singing each year and have for many, many years. That style is found all throughout a Christmas album from Carla Bonoff and I get the opportunity to talk to her about it. Carla Bonoff uh, released a Christmas album last year, and there are new tracks to the album this year. Silent Night came out last year, but I actually want to start in the late 1980s with regard to the holiday music and, and a song that we've played a few times here on on my station on Greatest Hits 98.1 when we get to Christmas, and we do your version of the first Noel. Um, and we play it every so often. Um, by the way, correct me, I, I, for the longest time I was trying to figure out exactly when you recorded that. Best as I could find, was it like 1988 or so? That sounds about right. We did it um, for a charity, and a whole bunch of us did it on an album called When the Stars Come Out for Christmas. Um, and so there's a couple of volumes of that. They're still available. Nicolette Larson. I mean, a lot of us did them. Um, so I'm not sure exactly of the year, but probably sometime in there, yes. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So what in particular led you to choose that? Was it one where everyone, all, all the, the assorted artists that were on those projects, were they assigned that? Or did you come up with them to say, you know, I'd like to tackle the first Noel. Why did you want to do that? Why did you ultimately do that song? hard to remember now, but I think I just looked around for something that I felt like I could sing well, and I was working with a producer, and together we just decided to tackle that one, because it's a great one, you know? Mm-hmm. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You tackled it again on the new album, and I'll be honest, as I'm as I'm listening through the album, my first thought is, that, I mean, is, is this the recording from the 80s? Is this, it sounds a little different, but not too much but it, it it does sound updated so when and, and I'll get to the whole album in, in a bit but how did you reapproach the song several decades later to include with the rest of the new holiday content well really you know people love that first one that we did and it got you know much to my surprise you know like you say it's been played every christmas you know ever since and it's played and played and played and played and played and um, you know, frankly, since we did that for a charity, I didn't own that. I didn't own that master. It didn't belong to me. So, 
sort of much like Taylor Swift, I thought, well, I should just re-record my own version of that so that I can own it um, and, you know, just have my own version of it. So really it's more kind of a business thing to sort of own your own master. I didn't really own it, so and th- but- um, that's why we to recreate it mm-hmm. and the interesting thing and that that might go even further to explain why it sounds so similar but it sounds so good and I'm and I'll extend that to your voice as well the whole uh, the whole effect that I got listening to this was wow your voice is holding up really well this far into anyone's career I'm, I'm always impressed when their voice holds well and your voice sounds like a honestly from when I've heard personally on the radio or heard first Noel I'm like it doesn't change. It, it, she's still got a, a great voice. How do you keep your voice sounding like it does after this many years of performing? You know, I don't know. I mean, because I know other people get older and struggle with it. I feel like I've just been lucky. Maybe it's kind of a genetic thing, but I'm also pretty healthy. I exercise and hike a lot, and I'm in good cardio shape. So, you know, maybe that has something to do with it, but um, I don't smoke, and um, it's just kind of luck of the draw, I guess. You know, <laughs> I'm I'm really grateful for it, though. Well, and that Very was much. yeah, and it and it sounds great throughout the whole album, which first came out, of course, last year. Uh, from what I understand, reading up a little bit, listening uh, to one a podcast you did about it, that this kind of came out of the pandemic. Describe why you decided to do more holiday music, more Christmas music, and then ultimately leading into a full album's work. Well, I mean, as you know, we all had a lot of extra time at home. All of a sudden, you know, all of my road gigs were postponed or canceled. So my whole year suddenly looked completely different than it was going to be. And, you know, it just seemed like, well, what what can we do with this time since we're home and we're going to be home for who knows how long? And and at first it just started out like, oh, that might be fun to just record like a Christmas song or two. I think that was June of 2020. Um, And I have a great producer musician that I work with a fellow named Sean McHugh and you know just because we had nothing else to do really we were in a studio we just started doing one or two songs and then it was so much fun and felt kind of gratifying to be being productive you know during the that sort of a lockdown really um that we just kept going and going and going it was really kind of entertaining to do it every day so um, we really weren't prepared to release a, a holiday album and really kind of got it together pretty late. But we did, you know, kind of rush to put it out just so we would have it out for last Christmas. And so that's part of why we decided to add some more stuff because we probably would have added more if we'd had more time last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a lot of artists will record their Christmas albums in the summer because of the, the, the timing of the music industry, you record then, put all the packaging together, it comes out in October, November, kind of preset for everything. Right. So a lot of people actually aren't recording in the middle of the holidays, and it's it's I always find it fascinating to hear these very snowy-sounding songs and realize, oh, they're recording it probably when it was 90 degrees outside. Um, right. well, now, obviously... Different parts of the country are going to be different at Christmas. Up here in Wisconsin, I mean, heck, we're, we're supposed to get maybe a foot of snow tomorrow. Seriously, there's a storm coming through. Um, California, depending on where you're at in the state, I mean, you can get all sorts of weather, but a lot of times it's never cold there. It's never stereotypically Christmas. And I, I emphasize stereotypically what we all try to think about in, in the culture. Did you try to create any sort of holiday Christmas ambiance as you're putting these songs together 
Or did you find you don't need that? It just kind of flowed. Yeah, you don't need that. It just kind of flows. I mean, the one thing that's fun about it is it's not your own songs or your own album and you're own very precious and worried about it. It really, you know, there's something light about doing this music and fun. And it was fun to kind of like find some new takes on some of these songs. And so it really was just more of a, a very light and fun process. And we really weren't even sure if we were going to put it out. So you know, on that level, it was just very easy to do and fun to do and really just a great exercise at recording and playing around with songs and much different than when you're making your own album of your own songs, I found. Um, it was fun to just go on the Internet every day and go, okay, what song can we do now? And I'd go listen to millions of versions of, you know, the same song by millions of artists. And, um, you know, it was just kind of an interesting, you know, travel through all that music. There is definitely an ambiance to it, and I will say back, kind of back to the weather, if you will. I will say up here in a more wintry climate, listening to the album, especially over the past few days, it's become more wintry up here. It 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 fits almost perfectly. Um, it it very it feels almost kind of rural. Um, trees are, de- are have all their leaves gone. There's snow on the ground. It's kind of cloudy, but, but it works. It fits it really well. Um, as a songwriter, do you find that there are certain types of songs that maybe lead to that ambiance that you created for this album? And not that that was an intentional ambiance, but, but is there a certain type that you look for when you're listening to Christmas music, when you hear about certain songs you, that you want to go with a certain type of sound? Well, I think mostly I was looking for something I could kind of relate to or get my teeth into or something that I thought would be good for my voice. I mean, you know, for me, Deck the Halls and Jingle Bells and stuff, those weren't really on the list for me. I wanted, like doing Joni Mitchell's River, I mean, what a great opportunity to do that. I mean, that's such a great Christmas song, and it's but it's a real song, and... You know, also, you know, it's just, I don't know. I just kind of, it's a gut thing. You just listen to something and go, yeah, I think we should, I could sing that or we should do this. Or Sean, my producer, also, um, he was great at um, just reinventing ways to do these songs. The Silent Night arrangement that we did is completely his arrangement and, um, you know, gave us a kind of a new way to approach it. So that's the challenge, I think, to, to do that and then to also... For me, I wanted to still feel like a Carla Bonoff album and have my signature on it if I could. So I'm hoping that I accomplish that. It definitely does. I, I think I think it it surely does sound like like I mean like you had arranged it. I mean, like if the the lay listener might might presume that right from there. You mentioned Sean again several times. What does he bring in particular to arranging these songs? What's kind of his style if you could describe it well i mean he comes more from kind of a rock and roll world than i do and he's younger than me and he's obviously a lot more skilled sort of technically in the studio so um he can do a lot of stuff that i can't do just putting records together you know when there's just two of us we did have some other musicians but mostly he played most of everything and he's one of those guys that can play keyboards and guitars and drums and um, sing and you know so he's just so much fun to go in the studio with because he can he and I together can just make these records you know um, he can play bass he, 
you know, with the exception of a couple of outside musicians, um, he played everything. So he kind of brings that just amazing skill. Um, I used to have a friend, Andrew Gold, He's passed away now, but he was much like that. He could play any instrument you put in his hands and, and just make incredible records, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, another, you, you mentioned Andrew Gold as, as one of uh, one of the classic session musicians. I mean, of course, he had big hits and big great as a songwriter but a heck of a session player Greg Lease shows up with a great pedal steel part especially on Silent uh, Night how did you end up crossing paths with him and uh, what describe what he brought with his instrumentation and arranging on this project well because we were kind of deep in COVID we had to kind of rely on sort of our resources that are close by and Greg kind of lives in the area so you know, it was a question of who's willing to come and be in the studio with us and, you know, wear masks. And at that point, we were really obviously not supposed to be around a lot of different people. And so it wasn't that easy. But um, I was just a huge fan of his playing. And he was, you know, he lives around us. So we just asked him and he came and spent like an amazing eight hour day just playing on a whole bunch of stuff. And some of the most fun I ever had. I mean, he's just such a brilliant musician. Mm-hmm. It sounds it sounds so so good on there. Uh, your composition, everybody's home tonight. My understanding is that goes back a ways. Am I correct on that? Oh, way back, yeah, seventies. Uh huh. I wrote that probably. I don't. God, probably nineteen seventy three or four, somewhere in there. Long before I ever had a record deal or anything. Mm-hmm. So, what led you to to include that to where you thought this will fit with all of these? standards and legendary holiday songs and the rest of the album? Well, I mean, I always liked the song, but because it was a Christmas song, I really didn't have anywhere to put it. Um, back in those days, you couldn't just put out one song on iTunes. So, you know, it had to go on an album somewhere. And so this seemed like the perfect opportunity. I've had this song. I've been carrying it around. It was on some promotional CD once upon a time. Um, with our band Brindle, it was a B-side of something, but um, so it was just a no-brainer to throw it on there. That's where it belonged. Okay. Um, of all the songs that you did include, that are the standards uh, and such, were there any that you found most? I don't want to say challenging, but which was the one that you and Sean and anyone else, in, in, depending on the song, really found yourself digging into, maybe proved to be a challenge, but like in a good way of, okay, how do we make this sound just right for this project? Well, I think for me personally, River was the intimidating one and the challenge just because I'm such a Joni Mitchell fan. And how do you top something like that? I mean, it's just, or how do you do it different and Plus, I found the way that she sings is very different than the way I sing. She sings lots of words fast, and I sing not a lot of words slow. <laughs> um, so it really challenged me as a vocalist to, to try to get into a different mindset. So, I mean, I kept saying, I can't do this, Sean. I, can't, I don't think I can. He goes, yes, you can. Yes, you can. I mean, he really, you know, kind of pushed me. Um, I would have given up on it, I think, and he kind of pushed me to, to just go for it, which is great when you have a producer like that that just gets you over that hump where you just want to sit down in a pile on the floor and go, I can't do it. <laughs> um, and it came out great, but that one this was one I just really didn't think I was going to be able to 
to do satisfactorily. Um, and like I said, when you have a, like just an iconic song like that, it gets intimidating sometimes to hmm. go, well, how are we going to do this any better than anybody else ever did? So. Well, it fits in the flow really well. So it, so however he got you to do well on it, it worked. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you that from the listener end of it. Were there any songs that you wanted to do, but it for whatever reason, like weren't finding the right arrangement or it didn't quite fit the other songs? Were there any you, you ideally would want to do but didn't make the final cut? You know, there were a, there was one or two like that, and the one, Oh Come All You Faithful, we did, re, re, you know, we did this time. So that one kind of ended up in the, hmm, don't know what to do with that. We picked that one back up. Um, and then also being able to, you know, have this duet with Michael McDonald, for me, was just like a dream come true, and he also kind of lives in the neighborhood. So I just kind of got my nerve up and asked him, and he said, of course, he would come do it. So... Um, you know, that, that's just, that's been such a great thing and so thrilling to have on this new one. Yeah. How exactly did you, um, did you come up with the idea of, Hey, him, I mean, again, with knowing of his music for so, so long, and now you finally get the opportunity in 2021 to have him on a song. How did that come about? Well, we, you know, I knew I wanted to record that song, Oh Come Emmanuel, because I think it's just really beautiful. And we were starting the recording and starting to do the vocals, and then we just kind of sat there and said, wouldn't it be cool if, like, someone else came in and sang, like, this, the second verse or the third verse? And it's like, hmm, who could do that? You know, and we just started thinking, and I went, well, I could ask Michael. And Sean goes, ask him, ask him. So I just sent an email right then and there, and he answered, like, within a day, of course, he would come do it. So... Sometimes you got to just get brave and put it out there and just ask people, you know? Mm-hmm. And it, and it is. It, but yeah. It's a great finished project. He was wonderful. Yeah. What, what's, what's it like working with him in the studio? Oh, my God. He's just so relaxed and so funny and so easy. And he just, he just opens his mouth and you're like, oh, my God, there's that voice, right? He starts <laughs> singing and Sean and I are, like, trying not to, like, just burst into, you know, tears of joy listening to that voice i mean he just sang it like two or three times and banged it out and he's like bye you guys see you later <laughs> just do it and he drove off i mean so he's wonderful he's not precious about anything or picky or you know he just left he tr- entrusted it to us to make him sound good and make me sound good and mix it and do whatever we were going to do with it so He's just, you know, so generous and so kind, and um, I feel so grateful to have had him, you know, do this, because I think it's really beautiful. I think our voices sound great together. Mm-hmm. Um, several of the songs we play, and I'm sure you've noticed this on, on radio stations and such, around the holidays are virtual duets, like Dean Martin with Martina McBride or Frank Sinatra with Cindy Lauper. That, that's happened a fair amount over the holidays. If there is a... Uh, someone who sang a particular Christmas song or holiday song that you'd like to do a virtual duet with, one of those, who would that be? Oh, I think that would be James Taylor. Mm. Yeah, and we both recorded that song in the bleak midwinter. So I would probably like to do a virtual duet with him where we could trade verses on that one. 
Oh boy, that would that'd be rich. And I think your styles would actually sync up pretty well. I think that that would probably be a pretty good one. Um, what yeah. is your favorite Christmas recording? Not necessarily song, but of of the ones you typically hear. And it could, doesn't have to be a, a legendary one, but what's like the one you hear on the radio? You find on the stream somewhere. You go, all right. Now the holidays are here because this one I'm I'm hearing. What's that for you? Ooh, that's a tough question because actually a lot of that stuff I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of it's pretty schmaltzy and bad, but um, you know, I mean, I have to say that James Taylor Christmas album that he did, you know, when the holidays come, that's the one I put on. I just think it was so good, and that had in the bleak midwinter on it, and. That was my inspiration to record that song. Um, but I just think he did just such a beautiful... There's no real classic Jingle Bellsy kind of song that I can think of that I would be able to say. Mm-hmm. Who are, if, if there are any, current artists who are particularly inspirational uh, from a songwriter perspective or from a performing perspective uh, nowadays, maybe up-and-coming artists? I love Brandy Carlisle. I love her. Um, I don't know. You know, I don't listen to a lot of stuff right now. I don't. I don't kind of know what's going on. <laughs> I'm kind of guilty of that. But um, I still go back and mind sort of my old inspirational stuff. So I still go back and listen to Joni Mitchell Blue. And um, I don't know. For me, maybe I'm living in the past. But um, and there's probably some new music that I should know about. But I. I have to admit, I don't stay very up-to-date. That's quite all right, considering that Blue suddenly vaulted up near the top of the Rolling Stone 500 list when that came out a few months ago. I'm sure there's a whole other generation that's going to start discovering that, so I, there's a certain timelessness to it that you might as well be familiar with that album over a lot of the other ones, so I think you're still in pretty good shape. <laughs> yeah. Um one other note here before we wrap up, um, you wrote, you've, I mean, obviously you've done plenty with Linda Ronstadt over the years, and one in particular that you did, uh, Goodbye My Friend, um, that ended up being on her 1989 album, and I'm, I'm trying to remember, blah, 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 I've got it almost right in front of me, the one that had all my oh, life. Cry like the wind, how like the wind, cry yes. like the wind from how like the wind. That one, right. Um just a, a personal note to, re, to to relay to you, and up here in Eau Claire, um, a couple years after that came out in 1991, uh, there was a news anchor, a young woman uh, at a TV station here in Eau Claire, very popular in the area, and she suddenly passed away, a heart attack, she had anorexia, and suddenly died. Um, my father, my late father, was the news director, so it was, was her, her boss. My mom's a pianist, and... And when that happened, they needed to quick put together a tribute, and so my dad asked my mom, like, "What song can can you can you come up with? Can you can you come up with? Can you find some music somewhere we can put together for a TV package with with the highlights?" And she already had that cassette, and that song jumped right out at her, and so that was the song that the Linda Ronstadt version was used on the TV highlight package, and I can I can picture it right now that. Weekend. I was in eighth grade at the time and seeing it on TV all the time. But that was the one wow. that's that stood out the most for that. And I remember my mom, I think, played it on the piano at the funeral 
uh, the following weekend. And that that really touched a lot of people, I think, around here in western Wisconsin when that happened 30 years ago. Wow. Yeah, it's been used in situations like that many times. Um, you know, there was a very famous race car driver that uh, got killed, and they used it for him, too. I can't remember his full name. But, um, yeah, it's been used quite a bit, sadly, for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But for... but. For healing, too, and it helps, and thank you for writing that, and thank you for doing all the music that you've done and for having this new set of Christmas music out last year and this year. Do you see yourself, by the last question for you, do you see yourself doing any more holiday music, any more Christmas music at any point in the future? Yeah, I think, like, this year, maybe every year we'll do a little update and add a few more and, you know, just keep adding to the compilation. Um you know, since, you know, these days it's easy to just sort of put things up online and they're there and you don't have to make a whole new CD and do all that. So I think, yeah, we'll keep coming up with more every year and just keep growing it. We'll be looking forward to that uh, on all the usual platforms and looking forward to more music from you. Carla Bonoff, Silent Night, the album with the additional works, including the duet with Michael McDonald. Anyone listening to this, go listen to the album. Carla, thank you for taking some time to chat about this project and and some other stuff. Uh, All the best wishes for the holidays. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, and uh, all the best. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much. Carla Bonoff, a great interview with her. A heck of a songwriter. Look up her discography and see what she's written. She's done a lot. She's one of the greats, and that was great to chat with her about the musical process there. You can definitely tell she's she's quite the musician. That was that was a fun interview. Uh, you can learn more about her at carlabonoff.com. K-A-R-L-A-B-O-N-O-F-F. carlabonoff.com. And she's on a lot of the social media platforms so you can keep up with what she's doing. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Know what's going on with Carla Bonoff. And again, the album, Silent Night. Give it a listen, especially right around the holidays. This has been the latest edition of Got Time for a Quick Story. Uh, thanks to my employer, Greatest Hits 98.1 Radio in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, for providing the facilities to do uh, a lot of these interviews. You can listen to them and, in some cases, watch them at greatesthits981.com. Uh, go to um, go to the features page and go to the you'll see you'll see interviews or I should say put the mouse over features at greatesthits981.com. You see drop down interviews, click there, and you can listen to and watch a lot of interviews. You can also go to our YouTube channel and you'll find there, um, you'll find a whole lot of uh, interviews at that location as well. Thanks to Jeff Hyman and Jeff Ross for helping to arrange this as well uh, back on Carla's end. Uh, this podcast you can find on a lot of podcast platforms. Got time for a quick story. Subscribe to it so you find out about new episodes when they arrive. And rate it, preferably highly, if you so desire, that will spread the word around about this podcast. Got time for a quick story. I'm Luke Anthony.